Behold, behold, behold the pale podcast. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe, and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being, God damn it. My life has value. My life has value. My life has value. Behold the Pale Podcast. Alright folks, welcome back to another episode of Behold, 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 the Pale Podcast. Well, we hope everybody survived Hallow's Eve, you know, some Horroween out there. You know, they call it Horroween around these parts, I heard. Um, do it a big. Anybody out there need to get into the Horroween spirit, go onto the Boombastic Media YouTube page and check out the Horroween that just came out a couple days ago. Very fantastic, you know what I mean? Now, we want to talk about positive things before it got dark, you know what I mean? We had to go pulling, we had to go scraping and digging under rocks to find that positive thing to talk about, too. But, damn it, we found that fucking positive thing and we mentioned it, so now we can get into some dark shit. All right? For real. All right, shit. Then we got Alexander Hawk with us. How you doing, Alex? Or actually, I'm doing fine. I'm still here. Uh, Halloween hasn't killed me yet, and still going strong. We're just having a conversation about how the show is going to destroy our careers, and I probably shouldn't be using your full name. You know what I mean? I think it's a little too late for that. There. I think that's a little too late. I think everyone knows who we are by now. Well, the fair is there. That's a t-shirt promotion. And Jonathan, how you doing over there, Sean? Still alive, man. It's a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? Anything can happen on Halloween. I actually really, before quick, before we pop into some culling shit, uh, the culling is coming, but it can wait for a moment. Uh, speaking of good, getting to be alive, you know, Halloween... Uh, I got a call to bring a, a close family member, you know, nothing, no emergencies, but to a, a, a doctor's visit because they're having an issue. I had to go talk to the doctor and uh, it was like an emergency thing where, you, you know, I woke up to it. So I wasn't able to not like not, not every, everything's OK type deal. Nothing like that. I know it sounds very bad. But listen to where I'm going with this. So I went and grabbed some breakfast. I didn't get some breakfast before. And on the way back to the uh, the, the, the doctor's office, 
it was an auto wreck that already happened before I got there. And, uh, but I got there soon after, you know, kind of like as the cops were rolling in. And uh, it didn't look too crazy, but doesn't have to be, as we all know. And uh, sure enough, as when they finally brought us around, passed by on the gurney, the full white sheet over the body. You know what I mean? Going out. So somebody went out on Halloween style. It's kind of a crazy, life's a crazy thing. You know what I mean? I, ooh, I didn't know where that story was going, man. I, I know. I know you didn't. That's why. <laughs> You know, that's I just I, went on a miniature roller coaster ride right there. Whew. All well, the emotions, check. It, it has ups, it has downs, it goes in and out. It sure does. You know what I mean? So what? They were just uh, putting the old uh, the rump roast into the meat wagon there. Yeah, that the, they weren't. They weren't. The the meat wagon wasn't there yet. Oh, they were just gurning no, them around. <laughs> Like they were just chilling. They were getting to Bernie and him up. No, they, um, they, yeah, I guess the meat wagon was there. He was on the gurney. Whoever was on the gurney, it was white. It was a white sheet and it wasn't bloody. So I think it was like a, like, you know, when people jerk too hard and they break their neck type deal. Ooh. I know, I know, yeah, I know one, I know the passenger side seat on one of the cars had the window blown out. So it's possible that they kind of got whipped into that. You know what I mean? Yeah, condolences. And it, yeah, rest in peace for sure. Ribbage. And, uh, if you're uh, if you're a certain age, if you're getting up there, or whatever, or know what you used to be, and you take a big whip like that, then it definitely can give you some damage. You know what I mean? I almost feel like I need something like that to crack my back. I know that. I uh, that does sound good for a little bit, but for, for like a hot second. I assume that a, a death like that would probably be pretty quick because if you were just getting whipped so hard that the br- the break was happening, I feel like I feel like it probably would feel good for a split second when it's popping, and then when it gets to a point of it being too far, I think it'd be kind of over. We probably go into that paralyzed state. I do think that there's also when it comes to cracking bones. Uh, because I, I've kind of got a little feel of it myself when you get like a really deep crack. Like if you get a really deep crack, like a bunch of bones to crack that I haven't cracked in a while, it'll actually like, I felt you'll feel numb a little bit, almost like you're, you're, you can't really do anything for the time being, you know what I mean? Um, for a little bit, you know, not too long, but I assume, yeah, it's just one big shake up like that. And then it's a wrap. I always think of the fucking, uh, tales of the crypt episode where they, uh, Pretend that the guy's dead and like they're going in to like cut open his brain and then they wake him up, but then he like really gets killed and but he's really awake the whole time. They end up doing like the autopsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was a- that would be fucking brutal, dude. Well, who's to say? Who's to say? I mean, who's to really say what? What? Who's to really say what that's like? You know what I mean? I, I know that a great episode. I think one of the Bridges brothers is in it, and uh, yeah, the two brothers in it that they're doctors and. They pull a prank on one, and the dude mm. has a heart attack over it. And uh, scary stuff, man. It, the great beyond death is the great beyond. Nobody kind of knows who 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 is to say how much of like how long you're feeling after the battery. You know what I mean? Like who's to mm. say? There's nothing but the great darkness beyond, dude. At I, the end, there's no pearly gates. There's no no light at the end of the tunnel. Just playing on darkness, man. Well, it's so interesting because you have the, the feelings 
But then you also have things like, um, you know, like the out of body experience thing, like, like even just kind of standing there looking at your body is kind of weird. And, and, and who's this, who's to say how long you stand there for? Like, maybe that's a ghostly thing when ghosts kind of create, you stand there too long because you're waiting for yourself to wake up or something. But uh, like astral projection, is that what it is? Yeah, something like that. I always thought that was that was. There's so many different crazy elements to it. You know what I mean? Some scary shit. But none of us got that in our trick or treat bags, thank God. So we come here today to share a little bit of uh, you know dark times, dark times with you. You know what I mean? The culling is coming. Not just a great uh, Everlast song. You know, a lot of people. They want to argue whether or not Everlast still got it, dude. You go check out the song The Culling, which can actually be found on Dun Dun Dun. Behold the Pale Playlist. There's an official playlist on Spotify for Behold the Pale Podcast. Oh, really? Stuff. Yeah, we are. <clears throat> we, I want to throw up there. a couple of songs. Like, can I throw up some songs? You sure throw can. Up a song. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, sure can. That's how big, it goes, you know what I mean? I'm on a big Primus kick right now. I dig that. I get now with some Primus. Very political band, under the surface. I don't even... I love the way Les Claypool plays that bass. Oh, he can say whatever he wants. <laughs> Did you ever see, um... Or, or hear, rather, Les Claypool and uh, one of the Lennon kids did, did a project, did, like, a group together? No. Yeah, they get a... He, he, yeah, not... Uh, Sean Lennon, maybe? You know what I mean? For real, not joking, because your name's Sean. Um, <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty positive it's Sean Lennon. There's another Lennon, older Lennon, that uh, singer that was his kid, but I don't think John Lennon never, like, fucked with him. Uh, like, he was uh, he was alive when, uh, when he was, like, a teenager, I think. But uh, and he was always, like, wanting to do me. There was a weird thing with the Lennon. Lennon showed his, the younger kid more... Uh, of a helping love than the other one yeah it was a weird deal like that but of all the conspiracy you got Lennon you know getting himself shot up very behold the pill podcast so I want to jump into the theme of this evening the culling culling the herd you know what I mean eugenics depopulation we've talked about depopulation on the show uh many a times it's a very scary thing that just it's like a it's, it's when you really start to think of it, you go, well, this seems seems like realistically something that should almost be, you know, what you know, done. You know what I mean? Not having people killed off, but if you could figure out a way to, uh, you know, maybe not have so many people coming through the pipe, then it might be a better deal. Now, the extermination of the lower classes is also going to get involved today, which is pretty heavy duty. Um, the extermination of anything is troublesome, for sure. For sure. Well, especially if uh, you might be in one of the groups that they want to exterminate. It kind of puts a hamper on your weekend plans, I think. Slightly. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, I want to go to the beach, hang out with the fam, but, you know, the the higher-ups, the the guys with the money decide, hey, you know what, that's... uh, Let's just wipe out all the middle class or the lower class because, yeah, we really don't need them. Well, yeah. well, if they decide to string you all up, then I guess you can hang with the fam, you know what I mean, on the weekend. Hey, 
hang hanging by the neck. Very scary stuff. Hanging by the neck. Some very scary stuff for sure. Um, coming to a theater near you. Coming to a schoolyard near you. ASAP. You know what I mean? Now, eugenics. It's an attempt to produce genetically desirable children and to terminate the lives of those considered to be genetically inferior. Elements of eugenics exist everywhere. For example, when given the choice, people produce children with partners whom they find attractive. I feel like that's more of like... A- unlike, uh, unless you're me. I always... I always uh, want to uh, uh, mate with uh, people less attractive than me, so I feel uh, better in the relationship. You have, uh, you you know, your standards are way too high in this world, they say. (laughs) But I would say that you're going to mate with someone you're attractive to because that's part of the whole deal, you know what I mean? It's kind of a weird one for him, but part of them hopes that those attractive qualities will manifest in the offspring. Um, a more extreme form of infanticide, killing children usually because of physical or mental deformity. A practice as old as humanity. Uh, one in ancient Greece, Plato and Socrates suggested ways of breeding to promote the superior traits of the elite as sickly infants were deliberately left to die of exposure. So, I mean, real quickly, we'll pop into the, I mean, it's just kind of, kind of a gruesome act. Uh, and, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, it's more of that picking and choosing who gets to stay and go type deal. Um, yeah, it's a scary deal. What do you guys think? Uh, what about uh, uh, about uh, okay. you know kids that are deformed or you know have issues? You know, well, I back in the day, you think back in the day, they were just thinking of of. I don't think that they were. I, I think their their actions were evil, but I don't think they were thinking evilly with it. You know what I mean? I think they were kind of thinking greater. They were thinking more along the lines of like. Uh, you know, break some, uh, you know, crack some eggs to make some omelets type deal, which is bad news. Uh, but. When again was this uh, this time period? Uh, this was four four hundred and seventy uh, to th- uh, three ninety nine BCE. Uh, well, I mean, the thing is that I, that I mean, if you would go back in in the history that. Uh, infant mortality rate uh, was always a high thing. And honestly, I, I think that um, the infant uh, mortality rate has, you know, diminished greatly, I would say, in the last, I don't know, probably 100 years, 150 years, thereabout. And, and the fact is that you have... Of course, you know, like Darwinism where survival of the fittest. I mean, if you, you know, have a kid that has, you know, certain disabilities that, you know, definitely back then, you know, they were more primed to die, whether it was planned or not, because of how um, tough life was back then. I mean, now, 
uh, it's a lot easier. I mean, we have people that do have different disabilities. They grow up and they have very uh, fruitful lives. Of course, that's more of a possibility now because of all the technology and things that have, you know, we have figured out how to help and and uh, help people in, in these kind of situations. So, but the fact oh, is, God, you'll, o- you'll always have people that want to, I mean, when you have a, a man and a woman that, you know, get married and want to have kids, they want, of course, which is normal. You want to have a healthy, you know, kid and all that, but it doesn't always happen. Now, I read somewhere that you could actually look at the genetic um, traits from both, like, um, uh, parents and when they have a kid, before the kid even is uh, more than just a few cells, that they could find out if it's uh, pre, uh, if it might end up with a uh, hereditary uh, disability or something like that. Right. And I heard that, you know, you can, of course, abort uh, that that kind of um, uh, uh, before, you know, it gets to a point of actually being created. And, of course, it, there's a lot of things you can you can argue, especially nowadays where it's, I mean, everything is so expensive. I mean, when you have a, a, a child is an expensive pers- a thing to begin with. And then you have a child with disabilities. That's, of course, going to put a lot more stress on, on, on the, um, you know, uh, relationship between the man and the woman, the family dynamic. And I'm not saying that it's a good idea to just, oh, this kid has this disability, this get rid of him. I'm not saying that. But, I mean, there's, I, I mean, not. you have to, hmm? I hope not. Yeah, but, I mean, the thing is that you're going to have uh, people, especially if the ability to figure out what, uh, what kind of kid that uh, you can have, if they can manipulate the genes or the situation to have, you know, if, if a toss of the dice, the kid ends up with a disability, but if you can, you know, play with uh, the dice, be the god, to manipulate that kid into, you know, a better form of, of what the child could be. I mean, the fact is, it all going to boil down to who has the money. Because, well, I mean, the, uh, those in power, those with money will always be able to pick the better genes and all that. And that's, you're going to start having... Jinkos. Hmm? Get some Jinkos going? Something like that. It's uh, some so it's like the first, it's like Planned Parenthood, you know, that comes to mind when talking talking about this type of deal where they kind of... It's a little late-term Planned Parenthood, you know what I mean? But, like, same deal, it's like... they. If I know something's up and they just discard the the baby, I find it. Well, I mean, it's it's one of those things. Uh, it's it's like going with the idea of abortion. If you do it early enough before the child it has really started, and there's only a bunch of cells, I mean, that's that's the best way. I mean, if if you've decided to have a child and the child's already growing, you know, and you know you find out about deformity later on. I mean, me personally, I think that 
you know, you got to bond with your partner, know it's going to be tough, and go on and try to find a way to help that child grow and be the best that that child can be. But then again, there's a lot of different uh, things you can look at for the fact if the disability is something like the kid's going to be in a uh, like a, uh, like in the state where you know it can't breathe on its own, so it'll be in like an iron lung, okay. And and then of course the question you have to ask yourself is it right to bring this child into the world which will have nothing more than misery their entire life because of you know this kind of deformity. I mean, there's a lot of moral, ethical questions you can have. But then again, you can't uh, stand up and say, well, those parents, they should have had the kid, or those parents shouldn't have had the kid, especially if you yourself are not involved in the taking care of that child. Because you can't start saying that, oh, they should have done it, but you are not taking any responsibility yourself. I mean, it's one thing to have the child born, but if, if the parent can't take care of the kid because of the disability, not having the, the funds or the ability to do that, then, I mean, is it right to bring the child into the world? I mean, that's there's so many different possibilities you can sit down and try to figure out uh, wh- what is the best course of answer. There's no easy answer. People like to say, oh, yeah. It's either or, but you can't, you can't do either or if you're not involved in raising the child, because I mean, I can say, oh, you know, you should have, you know, you know, a a, a given birth to the child and, 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 and uh, see where the dice rolls. Yeah. But I mean, I have no uh, financial or emotional investment in that child or in that situation. So my opinion is null and void. It is. What do you think? Were you just arguing with yourself? I always argue with myself. <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> You're crazy, dude. But, but I mean, he, here's the thing. that My opinion is that you can't make a decision for someone else's um, situation if you're not financially and emotionally invested in that situation i mean that's my biggest problem with a lot of people like oh yeah they they have to you know definitely do it like this but it's like but you i mean you're saying you're standing on the sidelines watching them you know suffer not, through this you're not, it's helping not a black them. and white thing it's huh? not a black it's not a black and white thing you know what i mean like decision like it's, yeah there's, you can't just it's, there, there's on both sides of the argument. There's deal. You have a for every for every girl that gets like this is horrible, but gets raped and becomes pregnant yeah. from getting raped. There's some other some other girl that just carelessly has sex, and as soon as she gets pregnant, she just kills it off. So like that's the craziness of the whole argument is that it's there's. You know the, the the extreme sides of it. You know what I mean. But like yeah. each side is, you know, you could argue each side. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing is that you can argue on both sides, and there's merits on both sides, depending on the situation. Nothing's uh, black and white, but it all, in my opinion, boils down to 
that you can't judge someone else on their own situation and their own, own uh, you know, backstory, their own, you know, past, okay? Especially if you're not involved in that situation. I mean, if I'm a neighbor and uh, my next-door neighbor is going through this and they have this decision, I don't have the rights, in my opinion, to say, oh, you have to definitely have that kid. I mean, that's, that's I mean, th- you should not even consider. I mean, it's like, I yeah, know. but if, if they barely are hanging on as it is and there's no way for them to actually take care of the kid with the disability, I mean, it's... I- I know yeah, it's pe- one of those things. I know a few people that work with kids with disabilities, like like where the whole school's kind of like that, and um, it's quite a question. And you know, because when you know there's going to be real issues there, it's like it doesn't even feel like life's that great. You know what I mean? Like, and you calls into question the whole afterlife vibe. You know what I mean? Of what what the person's take on that would be. You know what I mean? It's very, it's delicate. It, it, unfortunately, it can't be broken down individually, which it'd be nice if it could be. You know, but being left to die of exposure, gentlemen, that's no fun. That's no fun at all. So they're throwing well, these things in like a big pit somewhere, probably. I'd hate to think that they just left them in the streets and people had to try and count sheep while there was a baby fucking gurgling his last breath out, out front of their door. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, this is a rough one, huh? Yeah, I, I, yeah. This is a heavy I, duty. I just, I, I just, well, well, I just had a kid. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's times are, are are different from now and from way back when. I mean, way back when, I'm definitely, I, I, I mean, you listen to like the old fairy tale, um, uh, with, uh, uh um. Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, uh, Hansel and Gretel. Okay. That, that was the reason that fairy tale was, was created was back during that, those times. It was not uncommon for a man and a woman who ended up having too many children. Okay. That they couldn't take care of that. They take, you know, those children and take them into the woods and leave them there and then you know, come back with the uh, thing is like, well, we didn't kill him, but we, we took him out. And, and if, if something happened to him, it must have been the witch of the woods or some other mythical creature that, you know, that, uh, that hurt or killed my child. Now, the fact is that is definitely a horrendous and terrible way of doing things. Definitely back there. Luckily, nowadays we can find out and figure out things. Um, uh, beforehand, before we already have a living, breathing child. And that's where I'm coming from is the fact that if we can, you know, figure out like this before the child, uh, becomes a certain, you know, uh, size in the womb and all that before it becomes, you know, sentient, I guess is the best way to to say that. Well, nowadays, 
Nowadays, they get sensible and ethical sides of what is often called eugenics. Examples include disabled children having operations to save their lives and individuals with learning difficulties asking for sterilization because they can't manage contraception and don't want children. But institutions like the state, prisons, and medical facilities, as well as privileged elites, use eugenics as a way of trying to exterminate the elements of society whom they consider to be a burden. What started out as a selective breeding and infanticide has today developed into uh, forced sterilization and genetic editing to produce designer babies. This thinking also informs certain depopulation agendas. Ooh, designers babies. It sounds like uh sounds like something you can get off the Hitler line. I was gonna say that's the new hit gift this year for Christmas. Everybody wants a designer baby. Yeah, there's gotta be an other end to that though. If you're making a designer kid, you should be able to like see the flaws and stuff in there too. Like if this kid is gonna have cancer, just pull out the cancer, right? For sure, yeah. Yeah. I think so, yeah. So that yeah. would be like an upside to everything. I mean, fuck, put put all that uh, herbicide and genocide shit aside right there. Yeah. Like, if they're actually, like, going through with that, like, that kind of testing would be phenomenal. I mean, yeah, you could make a fucking ton of super soldiers. Not saying yeah. you should. But, but I, right. mean, I, I mean, the thing is that going exactly off of that is the fact that um, if we did get to that point, we could find a way to, like, you say cut out the cancer or anything like that, get rid of a lot of um, the things that could be coming down the line. But it, uh, as I said before, it all boils down to the fact that those who are going to be able to do that are going to be the rich and the powerful, okay, cementing their power that they already have. And the fact is you're going to still have those who are, you know, in middle class or, or poor class, you know, that will not have the ability for these designer kids because they won't have the money or the resources to do that. So, I mean, it's one of the many ways of the rich and powerful to stay where they are and make sure that none of us get any get up to their level. Right. It reminds me of a yeah, this is Bobby De Niro movie. I think it was called Godsend. And it was about like uh, in the future, you know, in the movie, they have a kid and he passes away, but they pulled his cells or something like that. So they're able to clone him and give him their kid back. But like, it's not quite their kid. It just looks like him. It's like a horror thriller. And that kind of, I get that vibe from this one a little bit, you know what I mean? But let's get a little deeper into the origins theory, if you will. Ooh, origins. Are we talking about Wolverine origins? Is I knew you Hugh Jackman going to show up? I knew you were going to go there. The audience has written before and told you not to go there, Alex. They don't want to. I'm sorry. Again. I'm sorry, man. I, I'll just have, I have to. I mean, heck, we're talking about eugenics. We're talking about manipulating cells. I mean, what's the best way to go? Except with the X-Men themselves. Mutants, man. The mutants are coming. We're about to get into a dude who looks like a mutant. I can tell you that for sure. Uh, You know what I mean? Some scary stuff. In 1866, in Imperial Russia, 
the obstetrician Vasily Florinsky authored a book advocating for scientific methods to improve human traits. Given the poverty of Russia at the time, there were no medical facilities to release Florinsky's ideas. Russia would not endure a eugenics program until the Bolsheviks seized power in 1917. Sorry. In Germany, the term racial hygiene was coined in 1895 by the biologist Dr. Alfred Plotz. The notion later informed Nazis thinking on eugenics. Now, Sir Francis Galton, you know what I mean? That gentleman looks like a villain from an X-File, a fucking X-Men movie like you were going with. Now, British biologist Sir Francis Galton coined the term eugenics, meaning of good birth, uh, and described it as the science of improving inherited stock, not only by a judicious mating, but by all the influences which give more suitable strains a better chance. You know what I mean? (laughs) Talking about strains, you must be talking about marijuana leaves. Now, Galton was inspired by his cousin, Charles Darwin, the famous Darwin. That's pretty heavy. Always in the shadow right there, a little big. Galton's uh, hate in life. Who was cautious about the eugenics. The influential book, An Essay on the Principle of Population in 1798, written by the economist Thomas Malthus, also influenced Galton. In it, Malthus argued that unlimited population growth was unsustainable. More inspiration came from Herbert Spencer, uh, the sociologist who coined the term survival of the fittest, which is a great term. Uh, In 1907, Galton established the University of London's uh, Eugenics Laboratory. You know, uh, when they say survival of the fittest, they it's it's not you you don't think it would have such. I guess you would though. Something like that, you think would 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 go all the way back to two people fighting to the death. You know what I mean? Yeah, we had sugarcoating anything here. Behold the pill podcast. It was dark back then. It was brutal. It was some dark. The, it's wicked dark. It was some of the most brutal shit I ever seen in the year 1907. Survival of the fittest. In Germany, Wilhelm Schlemmeyer authored popular books concerning selective breeding among elites to further civilization. Just as U.S. eugenicist groups were sponsored by corporate foundations, Schmalemeyer was promoted by Krupp, the German industrial giant. Uh, Most early feminists opposed abortion, so eugenics was, in many ways, a proxy for abortion. Hmm. Hmm. What do you think about that, Ak? Or Sean, what do you think about that, being a Hmm. proxy for abortion? Well, I mean... Thing is, since um, they overturned uh, Roe versus Wade recently and all that, so and yeah. the whole abortion thing is uh, a big, um, you know, Twitter feed uh, 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 stuff. That um, my opinion when it comes to abortion is yeah, that <laughs> it's oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the thing is that 
I believe that it should be the woman's choice. Okay. Yeah. And I believe that uh, uh, there's a lot of different, as we made a comment before, there's a lot of things that could be reasons why she couldn't or can have a child. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact is that I, the world itself is quite, you know, full of people. And a lot of, uh, and, and, and the fact is that unfortunately there's a lot of people that have kids that can't take care of the kids or, and all that. So you have a lot of kids that are either, you know, um, not, uh, raised properly, aren't, uh, nursed, taken care of. And then, you, and then they grow, if they make it up to adulthood, they become really, you know, messed up adults. It's a personal and, insult that you taking a jab at me. What's going on, dude? Whoa! I'm feeling. I was I was putting you in that category, but if oh, you thanks, want bud. me to, I can. No, not really. But, <laughs> if I can skate out of but, it, then yeah, I'll skate. But I mean, here, here's here's the thing. Okay, I mean, that yeah. if, for example, if uh, if a woman gets raped, okay, right. and it's uh, and unfortunately it's something that is way, way too common uh, right. that she should have the, the rights to have an abortion no matter where she is, okay? Because that right was taken away from her and that was a vile act and, and, and she should not be forced to uh, give birth to that child that she was forced to have, that she had no uh, say in the matter. And I think that, hands down, is a blanket reason to have abortion. But I think sh- what Sean was trying to say is that we should take all these uh, children from raped people and create a super army, put something in their brain like like uh, Beastmaster with the worm. Is that what you were saying, Sean, earlier or no? And then we kind of turn them into half-zombie-type deals. Well, I was thinking uh, like, back to the uh, old <laughs> gorilla beheadle there. Oh, yeah. Get a, we'll get some of that gorilla DNA, pump them full of that shit, you know? <laughs> we we got a, me and Sean were in the Amazons not too long ago, catching a lot of uh, inside scoop on an upcoming episode on what they did to the poor gorillas in the Amazon, trying to make machinery out of them. So, you know, and that, augmented children. So, so, so you're talking about my upcoming uh, movie, Cyborg Gorilla. Is that re- is that a thing? Please tell me that's a thing. If you add, if you add, uh, it 20- can be a thing. Just say the words, Jonathan. We can make this a thing. This sounds amazing. <laughs> yes, cyborg gorilla. Okay, you heard it here Dude, first. We'll, you can we'll, have we'll, cyborg gorilla too. Two headed gorilla. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Alex just wants to play both heads. That's the only his only stipulation in the contract. He says that I nobody can share the poster with me. It's just gonna be my <laughs> name. <laughs> Only one of the one of the heads just goes. It's classic. (laughs) All right, in the 1900s, Germany's Bunfer Muchiches. I'm sure I messed that one up. Organization because I have no idea what you just said. I think I stroked out in the middle. The Munchausen. Yeah, Munchausen. It was Mutterschutz. Mutter shits. Mutter shits. Well, yeah. he, he mutters and shits at the oh, same at time. At the same time, it's a beautiful skill. Organization <laughs> for, for organization for maternal protection is what it stands for. Uh, it saw feminist and socialist advocate 
advocate for eugenics in an effort to own their bodies and gain credence in the male-dominated science melee. Uh, the BFM was established by Elizabeth Bownis, uh, who fostered support groups for single, unwed mothers, uh, other more right-wing eugenicists like Agnes Bloom dismissed the BFM's utopianism. Men conversely tended to see eugenics as an opportunity to further their control over female bodies. You know, is that the ultimate fight? Is the ultimate fight at the end of the day between male and female for power? Well, yeah. It's always trying, been. You know what I mean? Trying well, to keep- I, 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 mean, I mean, the thing is that um, what I think the whole thing, for example, with the uh, Roe versus Wade being overturned and gotten rid of and, yeah. and all that is the fact that uh, it, it's always been, uh, it, it seems it's always been that men, uh, mo- a lot of men like to um, push their weight of, you know, telling women how to live how to you know they they uh, what they can do to their bodies because uh the big changes since the 50s i mean back in the uh 50s you know the guy was the man of the house the woman was supposed to take care of the kids take care of the house and then of course things changed where you had you know women rights to vote you got you know more equal standing women in the workplace and all that and the fact is that a lot of men find that threatening and a lot of men find the fact that um, they themselves, without having those kind of like social norms forced onto women, Uh probably would never in a million years end up married or with a woman because they themselves are, you know, very narrow-minded, despicable people to begin with. But because of the social norms of earlier, they were, I mean, women, you know, their job was to find a man, to get married, to have kids. And now that women are having more and more choice, men are finding it's harder for them to find a woman who will take their shit. And the fact is, that's that's probably why a lot of these things that they're trying to push, I mean, you look at, for example, um, over in the Middle East, where you you talk have... about how they just want to kind of tell people what to do type deal. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's all you about... think that's more of a human flaw than a gender flaw because I feel like any. Well, I mean, I mean, it's 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 a human flaw that 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 is being uh, pushed by a lot of males. Yeah, I think that of all different creeds. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, I think unfortunately there was a place. I think that unfortunately, women were kind of placed down here and men were here. But if for if it was if it was flipped, I think it would still be just as kind of it'd be the same well, way it just flipped. You know what I well, mean? Well, he, here's the thing. Okay, yeah. it's starting to kind of flip now because right now, you know, with all the uh, new change in culture. Right. Okay. Now, you know, a lot of men are being, you know, kind of pushed out and women are being raised up. Now, here's the problem, okay? With our our society, 
um, not just here, but all over when we're dealing with the human race. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the human race, for the most part, are complete idiots. Okay. Yeah. They can't understand about being equal. Okay. That's the thing. Everyone keeps on saying, oh, we want to be equal. We want to, you know, have the same rights, which is what we should have. Everyone should be uh, able to, you know, be on the level playing field. But the problem is that when you have one in power for so long, okay, and then the other one starts to come up to the level where they're equal, they mm-hmm. surpass it because everyone wants to overcompensate. So everyone's like, well, you know, they've been having a hard time for so long. So that's, you know, start, you know, pushing them forward. That's, you know, even though a guy might be more qualified for a job, uh, uh than this woman, let's give it to a wo- this woman because, well, she's a woman and that, you know, we want to push more women in the workplace. It's, it's one of those things that, if you keep on going to this point where now you are <coughs> pushing uh, the other gender over the other, all you're doing is is creating a rift between yeah. the genders even more than already there. I mean, the fact is that no one wants it to be equal. People hate equality. What yeah. people want is to have more power than the other person. Okay whether it's the men in power or it's the women in power. It's, it's, it's right now it's kind of in that thing where, you know, you have now films and, and other things pushing how men are bad, men treat women like crap, men yeah. look at women as, as objects, but in the same kind of program, you have the women looking at men as objects. Women, you know, taking the men point of view. You now have films that are like promoting, you know, women being as crass and as, 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 as bad as the guys were. I mean, no one's trying to to actually, no one's trying to actually try and make this equal. Everyone's trying to overcompensate. And that's where the problem is. I, no one wants to, you know, work together and be on the equal playing field. each side wants to be the top dog. And, and the fact is, not both of them can be the top dog. They can either be equal or one's going to be over the other one. I agree. So, I mean, that's the problem that we have. And the fact is that no one wants to actually come to the table and like, okay, you are right. Let's try to make this work. Everyone's trying to outdo the other. And then, of course, you end up people just being uh, resenting each other. And now the biggest problem is a lot of people, I mean, there's very few actual, like, stable relationships. I mean, most people just, you know, hey, it's wham, bam, thank you, ma'am kind of relationships. I mean, the whole family dynamics out of the way. True. I mean, the fact is, what makes a family is a husband and wife working together to raise the kids and trying to, you know, um, you know, create something. But unfortunately, at this time, I mean, they're just, uh, 
you know, it's just everyone's, you know, trying to outdo each other. Yeah. Which is what the problem is. Do you think that the, the human flaw, though, is the, it's competitive? There's a competition there. That, you know, think that, what do you think you could, what you think you could boil down? What do you think the actual reasoning for why there can't be? Other than just a typical human flaw in, in personality trait, you know what I mean? Because not every... Well, you know, I mean... You know, more of a personality like, trait. Well, it's like what we've talked about before. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Absolutely. Okay? And, and, and the fact is, I mean, it's seen time and time again that people... Even if you go in with the best intentions, as soon as you got a taste of that power, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in, you know, government, whether it's religious, whatever, you get, you get hungry for it. You're like, now I can get what I want. And, and unfortunately, it's like a human mental condition that they, people can only seem to see their self worth. By putting someone else down. And that's the problem with the human, you know, mentality at this point. Is the fact that instead of saying, I've suffered, I don't want anyone else to suffer. Let's work together so there's no suffering. (coughs) People are like, I've suffered, so fuck you, okay? I'm going to make someone else suffer more than me. Because Mm. I've suffered. I mean, you talk to people about, you know, like, Forgiving student loans. And the first thing you hear is someone's like, you know what? I had student loans. I worked my ass off. I paid those off. And you know what? Fuck oh. this thing. Fuck, fuck the fact that, you know, um, this person's debt is quadruple the amount that I had. Right. You know, fuck I feel them. you. I feel you. I mean, unfortunately, that is the mentality of people. That is, I went through shit. You, you have to go through shit too. It's not like, Hey, get, can we actually build something together? We've been getting our 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 fucking behold the pill podcast inbox has been getting blown the fuck up. <laughs> people telling people say get rid of that. Tell that Fuck Alex. Talk, tell that Alex. Talk, dude. It's okay to take a breath every now and then because I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry. Sometimes I just keep going. There was a, there was another one that said, there was another one that said like it's okay to breathe and it's even better not to talk sometimes. I mean, crazy people say crazy things. Now let's get a little back into into the theme which we know everybody showed up for today. You know what I mean? <laughs> Inspired by Malthus, our pal from before, the British Eugenics Education Society was founded in 1907 <clears throat> by Sybil Gatto and headed by Galton. Uh, our pal Galton over there, 40% of its members were women. Uh, for uh, for many feminists, male-dominant sexuality produced maimed, diseased, unwanted babies. Okay. Uh, 40% of its members were women. For many feminists, male-dominant sexuality produced maimed, diseased, unwanted babies. Okay, Dora Marsden, editor of Free Woman, opposed the Eugenics Educational Society as a conspiracy against the poor, um, which is an interesting thing. You know what I mean? I think there's, it could be a little, little something. 
You know, the Swedish feminist Ellen Key explained that society should protect all except that which gives uh, occasion to a weak offspring and produces bad conditions for the development of that offspring. <clears throat> I kind of agree with that one a little bit, <clears throat> where if you know that it's going to be troublesome, and I know people want to hang on and stuff, but if you know it's going to be troublesome for for the baby later in life type deal. It's a weird deal. It's uh, it's a weird deal because it's an individual question. Now, eugenics relied on biology to try to define superior and inferior characteristics. They utilized statistics to try to prove that the lowest classes of people were outbreeding the highest. EES members, like the mathematician and later Ministry of Food stat- statistician David Heron explained that higher net fertility is shown to be very markedly correlated with the most undesirable social factors. We now know that poverty can cause serious cognitive problems in developing brains. Well, uh, okay. Poverty is no good. Take it off the streets. We don't need it no more. We tell Mayor Alexander... Can you get that stuff to stop tomorrow for us? Thanks, bud. Yeah, yeah. I will. I will see. Uh, uh, make a um, a, uh, a a new law saying that poverty is illegal. Uh, oh, everyone no. should do be. Hmm? You gotta. You gotta. You gotta handle it with kindness. You can't illegal. You, you can't handle it with fucking uh, power, power coming down, busting heads. Giving dude, people dude, more that's, trouble that's, than they already got. You got to figure out a smart, kind way to do it. You know dude, I mean? dude, unfortunately, that's not not how they do. How, how does uh, government do deal it. with poverty? They they send cops to grab homeless people off the street to get them out. So when people are shopping, they don't see a homeless guy, you know, in an alleyway. Well, you I don't mean, like seeing homeless guys when you're shopping? Would you, would you be one that would maybe make a phone call to the to the police? The, 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 the side? Me? No, I would. I would uh, probably uh, give the homeless person a few bucks because being, I probably only have a few being, bucks on them. All right. Now, at the time, poverty-related impaired cognitive function, then called feeble-mindedness, okay, was falsely attributed to the genetics. A 1912 report by the committee to, uh, to consider the eugenic aspect of poor law reform refers to the feeble-minded. That'd be a great hip-hop band. We should start a group. Now, who could not work and were of negative value to the capitalist class as the chief burden on the public purse uh, as they required health and social care, both of which were still in their infancy. Yeah, for shizzle. You know what I mean? British eugenists failed in their lobby to legalize for forced sterilization, passing instead the Mental Deficiency Act of 1913, which sought to institutionalize people with particular needs. Uh, Now, institutionalize almost sounds like a good thing until you really get into what that probably what that lifestyle is like for him and then you would go well how about you just shoot me in the face instead we'll call it a day well i'm I'm, i mean the thing is institutionalized is pretty much a fancy way of saying that 
take take a problem and hide it underneath the rug. Okay? So instead of trying to find a way to help these people, try to find a way to make, uh, make things so that they can help and add to society, it's just yeah. easier to just lock them up, throw away the key, you know, and forget that they even exist. Now, unfortunately, that is the way that a lot of, you know, governments and society deal with people that they don't know how to deal with or they don't even want to know how to deal with. And the fact is that it's it's horrendous, it's inhumane, but unfortunately, especially when you're dealing with people in power, they always look for the easiest, cheapest option. They were putting the baloney at all the delis across the land, these poor kids. I only got one thing to tell you. Soylent Green is people. That's true. That's true. Now, And the fact is, if, if they could get away with doing that right now, they would. Oh, you think they'd do that to you? Oh, heck yeah. Now, when they say a chief on the bird in, in the public purse... And then do you think they're relating with your favorite movie of all time, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Because I'm catching that vibe. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, the fact is that, you know, it's, I mean, you look at like uh, the institutional uh, institutions during the time of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I mean, I mean, things that, I I mean, if if you go and watch the movie and you read the, the, the play, there's a point where Mick Murphy you know, pretty much tells the other inmates that you're not any more crazier than the rest of the assholes out there. Mm. And the fact is, he's right. And the fact is, the reason that they're in there is because people have decided that their problems were too difficult or too burdensome for them to deal with. So they're like, you know what? Yeah, you should be institutionalized because you're you're crazy. You, you, You got something really wrong with you. Yeah. I mean, the fact is we all got issues, and the fact is that if people were more understanding and willing to work with people, there would be no uh, of, of problems in society. If people were willing to, you know, be human, or the idea uh, of what we want to instill as human or as human values... You know, we uh, would be, you know, a better society for it. The computer wore tennis shoes. The British economist John Maynard Keynes, isn't he the singer of Tool, is credited with the influential theories concerning state planning over national economies. Keynes believed that the that law and other coerce measures could be imposed on population abroad to improve their living standards by reducing their overall numbers. In 1914, for instance, he wrote, in many, if not in most, parts of the world there actually exists at this present time a denser population than is compatible with a high level of economic well-being. And uh, what a guy, huh? You know what I mean? According to some scholars, 19th century pedigree, animal breeding inspired U.S. uh, eugenics with the American Breeders Association splintering to form the eugenics movement. 
uh, 11, by the 1910s, uh, the U.S. states, particularly in the South, hosted better babies competitions. That sounds horrifying already. I don't even know if I want to go any further. In which the mental and physical characteristics of infants were measured in uh, tabulated by eugenicists. I'm having flashbacks because I was one of those babies. My, my brain's melting down. Now, Writing for American Breeders Magazine in 1910, C.B. Davenport, director of Cold Spring Harbor Station of uh, for Experimental Study of Evolution, argued that society must protect itself from the so-called feeble-minded by segregation or even sterilization. American eugenicists established the Carnegie-funded Eugenics Record Office. The U.S. socialist feminist and birth control advocate, Margaret Sanger, opened America's first birth control clinic in New York in 1916. Sanger also helped to create the organization Planned Parenthood, but these progressive steps masked another agenda. You know, Planned Parenthood, you know, they say what Bill Gates' father, I believe, was tied up in some of that Planned Parenthood stuff. I think he might have been one of the people that created it back in the Dizay. Scar stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean, dude. So, <laughs> Sanger was a strong advocate for eugenics. Even speaking about the subject at a Ku Klux Klan meeting to white supremacists, and they got bad things in mind for that too. Uh, who had an interest in wiping out the black population? Horrible. I believe they still do. They still do. Yeah, they're 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 pretty much speculation is they've been pretty much killed off from what I hear. Um, at the last cookout I was at at Alex's house, his uncle was telling me how they're they're dead. Um, in 1924. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me into the, that part of the psychologist and feminist Lita Hollingworth explained that the very intelligent are those who rise in the world of competition and who are also able to produce children like themselves, sponsored by eugenics societies, fitter families, uh, competitions, awarded medals inscribed with, yeah, I have a goodly heritage. So they'd win, you would get, you would get a medal that said, I have a goodly heritage. Which goodly, I assume, just got, they shortened that to be good, you know what I mean? And here we are today. Mm. Uh, let, let me guess, uh, the um, the judge was uh, Mr. Adolf, and, and, uh, and, and, and his, his group of, 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 of uh, jackboots. There was a lot of serious hate roaming around. I mean, still, uh, it's, it's still on it's, the earth, who knows where it went. It's over in the Ukraine. Hey, all right. Well, I mean, imagine it, if it, the imagine if the world, when it was created, half of it was positivity, half of it was negativity, and now it just moves around to different places. While you might have some places that are better than others. Yeah. World, well, if you ask me, I think negativity is starting to kick positivity's ass. It's like a big lava lamp. Hell. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I mean, the thing is, unfortunately, you always have those group of people that think that they themselves are superior, 
uh, which is, you know, complete bullshit. Because yeah. no one's more superior than anyone else. Okay? Right. I mean, it's... But the, the fact is, it goes back to what I was saying is all about power. If if you can sure. convince people to believe that your genetic code is superior, that, you know, and then you can try to manipulate and create more of your kind, so you become either the majority or at least uh, a, a, a minority in power, then, you know, you can make the entire world... Uh, Look like the way you want it to look like. I mean, we've been battling these kind of people for, you know, forever. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's sad, but I, it's, it always boils down to, you know, people trying to find a way to keep themselves higher up than someone else. And um, unfortunately, uh, this is another way that the rich uses to, you know, keep themselves in power. It's like, hey, you know, let's make all these perfect babies that we can make with with all of our money, and then you know we can make sure that all of our power and and resources stay in this uh, tight little group. I mean, that's that's why you, you go back, you look at like the British, uh, you know, uh, the kings and all that. You go back, you know, so many, you know, cousins and and all that. It, all about the 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 royal bloodline, you know, the cousins marrying cousins and sisters and brothers marrying each other, right. just so that they could keep the pure bloodline. Okay. And now with eugenics, they're trying to do that. Yeah. Uh, in 1927, <laughs> U.S. Justice uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes affirmed the constitutionality of forced sterilization when he decreed. In the case of Carrie Buck, who was uh, erroneously thought to have had learning difficulties, uh, versus John Hendren Bell, who was a eugenicist, those two gentlemen squared off in the legal circle. Three generations of imbeciles are enough. That was his deal. Yikes. Buck's mother had all. Huh? What was the forced castration? Do they say what it was? No, like I how they did it? Like take them out to the woodshed? For, no, the for, for sterilization. Did I? If I yeah. said oh, no, no, for sterilization. Yeah, they, they, they boiled them up in hot water. Holy moly! Oh yeah. Hey, hey um, I I got a suggestion. Okay, if yeah, we're both. going to start doing forced sterilization, I know exactly who we can start with. Okay, yeah. this this guy named Donald Trump. Okay. Oh, wow. I think I think we should go and, and and sterilize him and his entire lineage because I mean I think you know uh three generation of you know feeble minded people is enough. I don't think we need any more coming from that line. So if if we're trying to take care of feeble minded people, I definitely think that we should first tackle the biggest uh group of feeble minded uh people, which would be the uh Trump clan. But he's wearing a MAGA hat as he says that. What a crazy world this is. Where did you get that? Huh? Where did he get uh, the MAGA hat all of a sudden? Did you, send, did you Yeah, did you, did you have to join Donald's mailing list or something like no, that? No, no, no. I just, I just had, had, had to take out one of his followers and steal it from him. 
Oh, you might not want to say that on the podcast. So Buck's mother had also been misdiagnosed with mental disorders. So it was a, you know, passed down thing, supposedly. After Buck v. Bell, a dozen U.S. states felt empowered to enact sterilization laws against the institutionalized. So, yeah, they do that to you, too. You know. Like chemical castration? Yeah. What is it? they, They probably gave you a pill that shut you down, you know what I mean? Oh, you know, back in the day, man, that was no, you know, there's a time when, like right now, to be insta- in, uh, institutionalized now, I assumed you just, somebody brings you around pills all day and you kind of sleep for the most part of the day. You know what I mean? That's kind of your lifestyle. The big but, sleep. You know what I mean? The big sleep. But I feel like back in the day, like, I don't know, I feel like it's more of a violent crazy well back in the day i mean they'd give you like shock treatments they'd hose you down they'd put you in cold cold water baths i mean it's i mean i'm not and and the thing is that while they might not be doing all that horrendous stuff now i'm sure that there's a lot a lot of um same kind of bullshit that they do behind the scenes yeah, for sure. I mean, when you, you know, I, I mean, we could probably get a new go and bring the episode even darker and talk about probably the things, that, the bad things and from back then and still go on. You know, you were talking about rape earlier. I'm sure that's still, you know, a big deal, unfortunately, you know, especially if the more people are fucked up on drugs. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Plus also the fact is that, I mean, it, it's, it's the same as when you have, have like uh, prison guards with like female inmates and so forth and all that. That when you have people that are supposed to be in control of a population, especially a population that people already are willing not to believe or listen to, yes, that, that makes them so much easier to use and abuse. Believe it, Bubba. Why do you and do I'll- these things? Yeah. So by the mid 1930s. The eugenicists recognized their failure to turn their theory and practice into science, but there was no clear uh, demarcation of eugenicist ideas developed as reform eugenics. The majority of eugenic sterilization in the U.S. was conducted between 1930 and 1960. You know, into the 70s, uh, federally funded U.S. medical facilities continued to quietly perform forced sterilization, usually on black women. Uh, the most high profile case being that of Minnie and Mary Ralph, age 12 and 14. Horrible. Holy shit. Yeah, terrible. Other cases included the sterilization of Mexican uh, migrant worker by Californian obstetricians in 1975 the federally funded indian health service sterilized 25,000 indigenous women man this is awful uh as a part of its population reducing one child policies uh between 1971 and 2013 chinese state and local authorities forced 200 million sterilizations and over 330 million abortions on lower-class women, 
offering wealthier families the chance to offset their breeding by paying social compensation fees. Where was this? That was China, uh, Chinese yeah. China. It was China. Yeah. Oh. As part of uh, India's so-called emergency declared in 1975 in response to population booms, India began to forcibly uh, sterilization of 10 million people by 1977. Later, allegedly, softer measures were imposed, such as financial incentives for poor families to undergo sterilization. 90% of the victims were women and included 4.6 million people in the year 2012 alone. Craziness. In the poorest state, Baja, 13,000 medical camps were established to sterilize 650,000 women. It's kind of sad, you know, people you're so desperate, we know, got no loot. You know what I mean? That you'd fucking... Do whatever you're told, you know what I mean? It's an unfortunate endeavor. I mean, you know, uh, money is a crazy how, thing, yeah. dude. How, how I, much would you get? Like, if you both got sterilized, is it I like bet. you get a lump sum? That's my guess. It'd be almost like when we, the COVID payout things. I, my feel, guess like those, like, I feel like those are the type of people that would be bringing their kids in, too. It would be a deal. You know what I mean? It'd be one of those things. You get the family pack. They say give you a cookie on the way out too. They're good. Yeah. Nice. All right, let me see here. Um, now giving eugenics a bad name, as it already didn't have one. In nineteen twenty, the German jurist Carl Binding uh, and the psychiatrist Alfred Hotch co-authored the book "Permitting the Destruction of Life: Unworthy of Living." Um, in which they gave legal and medical justifications for murder as mercy killing. Uh, their text cites eugenics and social Darwinism, um, rejected by most physicians at the time. The binding Hotch thesis informed the Nazi eugenics policy. That's kind of weird if the dude, if the dude that wrote that, you know, came up to eugenics was the cousin of Darwin. That's like a powerful family when you fucking get into it, like some serious shit. They had to have been like some elite folks mm. that they were like, money is no option. We want to be, we're going to be writers. And they were like, go for it. Craziness. Now, between the mid 1920s and the close, uh, the close of the Second World War, 60,000 Americans were forcibly sterilized. After the Nazis gave eugenics a bad name, U.S. sterilization typically occurred behind closed doors at institutions. In 1930s, uh, in Germany, conditions including epilepsy, manic depression, and schizophrenia were attributed solely to Mendelian regressive genes. When the Nazis came to power in 1933, they legislated to have physicians send patients with particular needs including physical and mental to sterilization courts where judges, panels, witnesses, <clears throat> and medical professionals would decide their reproductive fate. That's very scary because I bet the lowest form of fate is not walking out of there. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Nazis promoted Lebensborn, which means fount of life to increase the birth rate of Aryan children 
at least 350,000 Germans were forcibly sterilized by the Nazis up to nine, uh, 90, by, up to 1945. Um, because sterilization was legal in many U.S. states, the Nazis were not tried at Nuremberg for eugenics. In the mid-1930s, more than half of Germany's physicians had joined the Nazi party, seeing themselves as biological soldiers. In the war against racial impurity, defective German children were left to die of starvation and exposure in unheated yet wards. Others were poisoned with cyanide. Fucking cold-blooded. You know, that's some hard shit. Like, there's, there's not even any joking that can really be done right about now. Nazi yeah. Germany... Sorry, so, guys. I've been pretty quiet. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Um, Nazi Germany's forced sterilization law was also imposed on the countries it occupied, including Austria and Norway. The mass murder of unfit adults was usually conducted by morphine injections in the... Uh, issuance of fake death certificates by 1939 over 200,000 people had been murdered in the t4 eugenics program unfit adults you know that that was uh troublesome that was a just the term unfit could be anything you know what i mean that's very that's fucking scary Eugenics and depopulation. One of the more unusual chapters in the history of eugenics depopulation agenda pushed by some of the elites concerned, the Georgia Guidestones. There it is. Didn't they just get busted up, too? Alberta, and Alberta, Alberta, Georgia is known as the granite capital. Uh, in a 1979, one Robert C. Christian commissioned Joe H. Fendelli, uh, president of the Elberton Granite Finishing Company to construct the five capped slabs of the 19 feet high monument to the age of reason. The guidestones inscribed 10 commandments include depopulation with eugenics, maintain humanity under 500, uh, 500 million in perpetual balance with nature, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Yeah, these stones, I heard about these way back, and they're kind of crazy. I believe, I think either Stonehenge or these were busted up recently due to, like, like lightning hit them or something like that. Um, the Georgia, uh, I've, never, I've never heard of those. you never heard of these? These are very yeah. interesting. We're... Uh, it's like almost the, the the Ten Commandments, but it's like a new age dude who just but kind of, uh, the the redneck Ten Commandments. But no, yeah. like they're they, they're like deep, like they're actually like thought out and like deep. They're like kind of airy to read. Wow, maybe we'll pop into them one of these days. It's one of those crazy things, dude. I think dude get a lot of money. Kind of probably one of those people that had all the money traveled the world, dipped in every religion, you know, shook hands with all the elites. And then at the end of life was like, I got a good idea of what, what yeah. really goes on. You know what I mean? And he said, I'm going to put these, these, these rules or whatever up. That's what I think it is. So the Georgia Guidestones is a mysterious granite monument ere- erected in 1980 in Elbert County, Georgia, in the United States. A set of 10 guidelines is inscribed on the structure in eight modern languages. And a shorter message is inscribed at the top of the structure in four ancient language scripts. It has attracted controversy because no one knows the real identity of the person who built it. 
in its first two guidelines state maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature and guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. In 1998, the geneticist David, uh, Dr. David J. Galton, relatives of Sir Francis wrote not uh, of the immortality of eugenics, but the need for better re- regulation to prevent such abuses in the future. Statutory bodies such as Genetics Commission should be established to provide guidance and rules of conduct. Um, Alex, if you want to pop on real quick, try and see if you can get all those rules to that Georgia Guidestone thing. I'd be very curious to kind of hit that real quick at the end. Now, in 1998, the geneticist David, our our boy Galton over here, uh, talks about this conduct. But in 2003, the geneticist Charles Epstein, uh uh-oh, maybe good old ties to Michael, who knows? Modern human genetics and medical genetics are eugenetic. Uh, If not a literal return to the eugenetics of the past, at least a reincarnation of that eugenics in the new guys. My mind's, again, they're they're coming through, they're getting at me. Between 2005 and 2016, dozens of female prisoners were sterilized in California without their informed consent. Terrible. Historian Daniel J. Kelvs says that humanity now possesses tools to reshape its own hereditary capacities, uh, perhaps even to realize the dream of eugenesis. I think I'm, I'm fucked. They're not liking me, so they're fucking with my brain. They're not, not letting me say that word anymore. Um, eugen, eugenesis. Cranking up the EMF in your house. It's killing me, dude. The vibrations again. The, five, the 5G's coming through. Human, dude, human. dude, dude, they're coming for you, man. They're coming I for know. you. They're coming for us all. We got to make a run for it. I mean, listen, if we, if we all end up uh, dying, it, it, it's, it's, it's all the powers to be that are coming after us right now. You wild, you wild, you wild. You, you don't be killing me off now. Don't be coming to get me. Yeah, screw it. I would naturally, no matter what anybody says. You know, well, those, they might take change in their own evolution. Now, today, dozens of gene editing companies offer services in a, Ag biotech, biobanking, cell therapy, DNA sequencing, stems, synthetic biology, and vaccines. Uh, these profit-seeking companies have the potential to work in the interest of eugenesis, for example, by editing genes to enhance certain traits desired by parents. You know, I guess, you know, Sean, you said that you just had a kiddo, so... If you if you were given the opportunity to kind of pick it, whether it was going to be a girl or a boy, co- like eye color, hair color, stuff like that, ahead of time, would you do that, or would you rather take the gamble? No, I'm definitely all on the gamble there. I mean, yeah. the way you, I feel like the the way you come out, you know, it gives you your personality or whatever. For sure, kind of makes you who you are. Unless you go and want to change it, and then you are who you are, and all that. I'm with that for sure. That's how I do it. Aquaman, if you were having a kid, would you want to kind of put it together weird science style, or would you want to, uh, you know, just roll the dice, see what's nice? Well, and since uh, you know me pretty well, you know my, my sense on, on having children. 
And uh, that's a big fat no. I have no plan on having any kids. Um, but, I mean, if, if we're looking at this, and if I was to actually, you know, decide to actually have a child, I do think that you should, uh, you know, roll the dice and, you know, uh, whatever you get, uh, I mean, no matter what the problems is, you can always overcome it, especially in today's world that we live in. There's a lot of opportunities for uh, a child of, uh, with any issues. And the fact is, of course, I would hope for the child to be healthy and, and all that. And also, I would hope that the child would look like its mother because, God, I would not want the child to look like me because I'm an ugly motherfucker. Very uh, handsome. You know, yeah. there's... If you if you're going to be splicing things together, you know it's very possible that uh, something no, no, could go wrong no, with that. No, so no, no going going problem. on the other side, I mean, yeah. splicing uh, DNA for myself. On the other hand, I'm totally down for that. If I can find a DNA splice that I can take to help me lose about good like 150 pounds, I mean, I'd be like totally down for that. So, I got you know, you. I just so, put it so, so so if if you guys find a DNA like uh, a way of you know massive weight 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 loss, I mean I'm down for that. Sign me up. I I can definitely use that. I I, I got so much that I'm willing to share with anybody. I just put a down payment on your Christmas present. <laughs> it's the machine from Family Matters that turns Steve Urkel into Stefan. Oh my God. Hell yeah, dude. I am totally down for that. Bring on uh, the Alks on. Oh, yeah. The, the 2022 version, you can hook into a uh, a car lighter, so you know you can get it charged up that way, which is nice. Now, under the section, New Humans, the UK Ministry of Defense notes that out, uh, out to the year 2036, the application of advanced genetics could challenge current assumptions about the human nature and existence. It goes on to note that uh, initially employed for the medical purposes, breakthroughs in these areas could be put to ethically questionable uses. Examples include a super enhancement of human attributes, including physical strength and sensory perception, doing some making some superheroes, you know what I mean, which I don't. I don't think that they're wrong in thinking that these things might be uh, pursued. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it concludes that the extreme variation in attributes could arise between the individuals or between societies, creating additional reasons for conflict. Another section of the report notes that biotechnology and genetic engineering may be combined to create designer bioweapons to target crops livestock or particular ethnic groups you know what i mean and the document ends with the reference to the final step in eugenics uh ethnic cleansing in referencing neutron weapons which kill life and leave property undamaged the mod states the ability to inflict organic destruction while leaving infrastructure intact uh, might make it a weapon of choice for extreme ethnic cleansing in an increasingly populated world. 
Now, what do you think of that, Hawk? Man, that's some scary stuff. We talk about, like, uh, you know, using uh, the technology to kind of use weather as a weapon. But, you know, you have stuff like this where they got, like, super bombs that, you know, make you turn you into chicken noodle soup. And then, meanwhile, the cup you were holding falls right back on the table, shakes up the coffee a little bit more, but no breaks in the porcelain. And uh, no harm, no foul. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, heck, uh, I mean, if if governments have the ability to drop a bomb and it just wipes out all organic matter and all the uh, you know the structures and all that stays intact, I mean, heck, there'll be bidding wars and and all that for that because I mean, heck, I know mean, uh, uh, Putin would be like trying to sell his left testicle for a piece of that. It's like, man, give it to me so I could drop it on the Ukraine. I mean, unfortunately, when you got um, sociopaths and psychotic um, crazies like Putin in control of, of countries wanting to, you know, kill and, 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 and maim and, and, and take over, you know, their neighbors, I mean, something like that is something yeah. totally up his alley. And I know that not in, he wouldn't even think for one second about the loss of life. He'd be like, oh, my God, I can finally get everything I want and with so little muss and fuss. Right. Um, I, it's, I, I, it, it, it's the same thing. When you're dealing with people that have power, uh, the scariest thing about them is that the need and the thirst to hold on to that power. And the thing is, they're willing to do anything. No women, child, uh, no dog, no cat, no fuzzy little uh, chicken is, um, you know, safe. When you have people that thrive on destruction, thrive on their own greedy need to either control people or to be in power. And, yeah. uh, and when, when you can, uh, play around with genetics like that, you can either a, like we said, with the bomb that just wipes out just organic matter, or you can breed, breed out people by, you know, just creating these super babies that keep on having your desired, uh, attributes. And then of course, for sterilization of, those that you consider lesser than. And unfortunately, with the way things are going, you have so many people in power that that they see this and they get excited. They're like, oh my God, we now can have everything that we want. We can uh, make the, the working class, you know, uh, even more subservient to us. We can, you know, ma- uh, 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 manipulate how they have children and what kind of children they have and by doing so keep them in poverty keep them you know willing to you know do like slave wages for menial jobs so that the rich and the powerful can keep you know enjoying their lu- luxurious lifestyles right and it's uh, that is how you know everything unfortunately is and uh, I mean, it scares the shit out of me that you know, stuff, you, yeah. that that you know, have people toying with 
the genetics like this. I mean, it's, um, and of course, it, you have so many people who are like, you know, like, oh my God, can we do this? Can we, you know, do all, all this great stuff? And, and you'll have people that go in and they're like, well, if we do this, we can find a way to get rid of cancer, get rid of all these terrible diseases, which is great. But then again, you have to ask yourself, who's funding that research and who has the power when that research actually bears fruit? Because they can take the same research and be able to take care of, uh, get rid of cancer, which they don't want to do because they get so much money from cancer drugs. Okay. You get rid of cancer, all those prescriptions are null and voided. But hey, they want to keep that money coming in. But if they can find a way like, oh, we can find the thing for cancer and get rid of it, we can also find cancer and give it to people. We can use that. So, oh, we don't like this group of people. We can then, you know, try, try to weed them out by, you know, infecting them and all that. I mean, unfortunately, when you're dealing with people in power, all they care about is their own selfish interests and how they can make sure that they and themselves, you know, stay in power. Yeah, no, I feel you. I was talking to a fan of the show recently, Mike. Shout out if you listen out there. Um, and he brought up something scary to me that I never knew. Since you brought up Putin, it popped into my head. He told me that Putin had some weird submarine that is on, like, the East Coast on, with, a, with, like, a warhead on it with some nuclear distraction up on that thing. And uh, when he wants to be a bad boy, want to be a naughty boy... He pops the trigger on that thing and and then everybody gets to see that tidal wave the Mephish has been afraid of his whole life. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, if that's true, it was nice. You know, working with you, Matt, has been um, a, quite a journey. It's been fun. That's scary talk. Yeah. It has been fun, though. I do give you that shot. It's been a blast, too. Um, I know that I, I thought I heard the CIA come in in the background, so Sean might not be with us at this moment because I thought I heard him trying to fight him off. They're always trying to get us, the G-men, the gorillas in the mist, all the people you never see. They're always trying to shut down the show. Go crazy. And uh, every now and then one of us got to dip off, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, don't worry. We're all wearing our tinfoil hats, so trying tinfoil to keep hats. them from... Reading our, our brain melons. I have a tin for, little small tinfoil hat somewhere on another head that I won't tell tell everybody about right now. But yeah, I can see it from here. From extra protection. You know what I mean? Uh, you should double uh, wrap that then. Oh, come on. Behave yourself. You're, you're fucking, you're so rude. The shing, yes, the I am. And I'm proud of it. The stuff you talk about is so foul. It's like ridiculous, dude. I don't know. One of these days they're going to give me the show and say, that dude is so foul. The stuff he says is so foul. 
Dad, you got to take him out the picture, and I'll say I can't do that, dude. Well, if that's the case, it's been fun. I'll be I'll be uh, signing a due uh, and 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 uh, you know making a run for it before uh, the the black helicopters catch me. I think this show is going to propel you into making a run for office. Tell you the truth, run for anything, dude. No, there's no way in hell I would run for any kind of office. No, I heard, I heard, I heard through the grapevine behind closed doors. You should be getting scared for me, me saying this because people might think you want to compete with them and put you to sleep, give you the pill, put you to sleep. Uh, no, uh, if anyone's listening, don't worry. I have absolutely no interest to run for any kind of office because I myself has integrity, so I would I would never run for office. Maybe for the office reboot, you know, the third one. Maybe yeah, why not? But so as we approach the end of this deal, you know, yeah, we all we all we've got it. We got down with this being, you know, reality before we even did the episode. So, like, we agree with it. Super unfortunate, you know. The sterilization is hard enough, cold blooded enough. But for the folks that didn't, none of there's a lot of mothers out there, you know, and females that didn't even know it was going down. You know, it's one thing when you have a say in the matter or even know about it. I guess that you know not even knowing's got you know going to be even harder insult injury type deal but uh horrible stuff you know what i mean um the calling is coming you know what i mean no the calling is here dude calling it's is not here. coming it's here you know it's a deal you know it's the food's terrible a lot of bad food you know uh like i said when i had the diabetes uh, I was in bed in the hospital watching TV and everything that came on for a commercial was something I can no longer eat because it was filled with sugar and terrible for you. Everything. There wasn't like a healthy thing promoted on TV. It was all super sugar cereal, soda, snacks. Plus, uh, plus also the fact is if you look at, I mean, now they make a big deal about, oh, we're trying to be healthy and and they're pushing, you know, more organic, you know, food. You look at the prices for the organic food. Oh yeah. And you look at the prices for, you know, a, a bag of chips or something like that, something that's unhealthy for you. Why is it that? Why is that all the crap, bad food for you is cheaper than the supposed the organic and the good food for you? I tell you why, because those in charge, the government, okay, so they much. want to, you know. Uh, keep you know uh, the the poor and the middle class unhealthy, and and the fact is they keep on upping the prices. So if you want to get an apple, you know it, it costs more than like twenty bags of chips, and right. twenty bags of chips will keep you going for a few more days than just one apple. So, but it's bad news for you. Yeah, I mean, look at me. I'm a heart attack waiting to happen. I know we, we, we don't practice what we preach here at Behold the Pill podcast for the most part. You know, we have our standards where we have our, our positions, but we we don't we bunker down and don't move from them. But for the most part, you know, it's time to get it going. In New yeah, Orleans. I mean, the thing is that we look at these, we put our opinions. I mean, it's all up to you. I mean, do you? Own research, look at things, and, you know, if you agree with us, great. If you don't, that's fine. We're just, you know, we're just guys just spouting how, how we see the world. Whether you like it or not, 
That's how we see it. We're just a couple of guys just walking around, talking around, doing our thing, swaying our hips, singing a lingin', singing a song. It won't be long. The Cullens come in. Alex, I see sleep coming upon you, so I'll wrap it up quick. Everybody out there, don't get sick because they're looking to take you into your grave. Behave. Or they could make you a slave. Alex, behave yourself over there. Um, this was uh, a beautiful deal. Dark episode, of course. You know, the great brother Sean was, was with us, brother Alex and myself, hitting y'all with some Behold the Pill podcast goodness. Um, you know the deal on this. This was just kind of a history lesson. I think everybody knows and where we sit and where y'all at home sit with your opinions on these things. But I'll have two little uh, two outros for you, a digital outro for you. So you'll get your little, we'll have a little something at the end of the episode for you. But I want everybody out there, and uh, because we don't have the copyright to the music, but I want everybody to go get The Culling by Everlast and go give that a spin wherever you listen to music. And if we had the permissions, that's how we would end the episode this evening, but we don't. So instead you'll get what you're going to get in a little bit and we'll catch y'all on the next episode of behold, behold, behold a pale podcast. I grew up in the 1960s, watching those TV commercials with those starving kids in Africa who stared vacantly at the camera with sad eyes and distended bellies. And in sixth grade, my glee club teacher, Mr. Collins, had us change the words in this song we were singing. Three billion people in the world, two Four billion people in the world. And I was shocked. I couldn't believe that the population was so big. And I was even more shocked because no one else in the class seemed at all disturbed by this fact. And a couple of days later, I told my friend Susie Hollander that because there seemed to be too many people in the world for it to handle, that I wasn't going to have any kids. And she looked at me and she replied that she was going to have three. And I felt pretty alone in my beliefs. And 37 years later, I still feel pretty alone in my beliefs. And I'm still shocked that not more people are disturbed by population growth. And I think it's because as a species, we've decided not to talk about it, to kind of tuck it away. So I'm here to untuck it. Modern man first showed up on Earth 200,000 years ago. And by 1850, we had reproduced so successfully, there were one billion people on the planet. That means it took 200,000 years for us to put the first billion people on Earth. The next billion came in 100 years. 200,000 years to get to the first billion, 100 years to get to the second billion. Now, 
we add one billion people to the planet every 12 years. And in 2011, the world population reached 7 billion people. Now, this surge in growth came about because of improvements in agriculture and medicine. Because as a species, we are a biological success story. Survival of the fittest, we have survived. And we're also a religious success story. We have gone forth and multiplied. But now we have to stop, or it will be our downfall. And just to give you an idea of how fast population grows, Bangladesh had a hurricane that killed 139,000 people. How long did it take Bangladesh to replace those deaths with 139,000 new births? Two and a half weeks. Now, the world population is growing at just 1% a year, which might not sound like very much, but 1% of 7 billion is actually a big number. It means that every day we add 220,000 people to the planet. Every day. And this is unsustainable. Which means that at some point, the world population is going to stop growing. The question is, how? Will it stop growing because of famine, disease, a war over resources? Or will it stop growing because people choose to have smaller families? And by smaller families, I mean one-child families. And this is where people start getting nervous talking about overpopulation and population issues because they're scared that I'm going to take away their rights to have children. But I don't want to take people's rights away. I want to give people rights. Forcing people to have fewer children does not work. In fact, the fastest and most efficient way to stabilize the world population is to send girls to school and to empower women and to give everyone access to and education on birth control. And those are good things. And as a culture, we need to emphasize the benefits of having a one-child family so people will choose to have fewer kids. Because for thousands of years, we've been inculcated with this ethic that big families are happy families and only children are lonely children. Couples like myself and my husband Ian who have chosen not to have kids were childless instead of child free. And myself, several times I have been accused of being selfish because of my decision not to have children. And all this made sense when it was important for us to procreate for our survival. But now, for our survival, we have to not procreate.